Welcome to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we will explore the interesting stories of business executives, entrepreneurs, and industry leaders who are shaking things up and growing their companies. It is time to make some waves. Now, here's your host, Tom Singer. Well, welcome to another episode of Making Waves at Sea Level. Thank you so much for pulling your chair up to what we used to call the cool kids table. Because for those of you who are long-term listeners, you remember up until last summer, for almost six years, the show was called Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Today, we're going to go back a little bit to the entrepreneurial roots of this show because we are going to talk about angel funding. Now, angel funding is something most people in business have heard of, much like they've heard of venture capital funding and private equity. But oftentimes, people don't really know what the different lines are. So I wanted to talk angel funding, and we are going to talk to the people who work for and make it happen for the San Diego Angel Conference. Now, all over the country in different regions, you're going to be able to find these groups that work with growth-oriented companies and startups to help them connect with angel funding. So if you live in California, you might want to check out the San Diego Angel Conference. We're going to learn a lot about them and what they do. But wherever you live, you're going to be able to find an organization where you can get connected with people who are accredited investors. And today, I've got two really cool people here. We have Mindy Rusk and Jason Scharf. And before I start talking to them, I have to thank the first sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Spectrum Reach. At Spectrum Reach, they know three things better than anybody. Number one, they know, they know how to harness the power of multi-screen advertising. Number two, they know how to offer a simplified one-stop shop destination for your marketing solutions. And number three, they know what makes our cities and towns tick because they're our neighbors. Hey, to get started with Spectrum Reach, go check them out at spectrumreach.com. So as I said, today we're going to talk all about angel funding, and I want to find out a little bit about what it is, and then we're going to find out the special things that they do at the San Diego Angel Conference. So Mindy Rusk, she is the founder of the San Diego Angel Conference, and her career is she coaches companies to help them get ready for that angel funding, and she helps founders go out and change the world by bringing new innovations to the market. How awesome is that to have that as what you do for a living? Totally cool. And Jason Scharf, he works with her there at the San Diego Angel Conference, and he has spent his career working with life sciences companies, helping them nail down strategy. But now he takes those skills and applies them to help startups grow. So Misty, Jason, welcome to Making Waves at Sea Level. Um, thanks so much for having us today. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. So let's start off with a little Angel Funding 101. What is angel funding? <laughs> so angel funding is typically the stage of funding companies need between um, a friends and family round and, and before they get big enough for venture capital. So it's a, a sort of a sweet spot. Companies usually have their, at least their MVP. They may even be in production at some level um, and they're trying to raise money to grow the company. So this is the money that comes in that helps get the, you know, really push the sales to the next level. Uh, and then for us, um, we play in the, you know, in the space where companies are raising 
sort of up to a million dollars. So most of the deals we see are somewhere between $100,000 and um, maybe a couple million dollars. But the, the angel space, you usually see a group of angel investors coming to the table with twenty-five dollars to $100,000 each to, to put a package of funding together uh, to support an entrepreneur. So who are these angel funders? I know that to be one, you have to be accredited, but I don't even know what that means. Could you kind of educate us about how the fund angel funding people get accredited? Sure. So I, I think um, accredited is like one of these funny terms. You, you sort of think it means like you have to go take a test and like pass an exam or, or something, get, apply for a certificate. It's, it's none of those things. The simple def- definition by the SEC is a million dollars in assets that don't include your home or income of 200 to 300,000 for an individual or family for a year. Uh, that definition's just been expanded. So if you are a professional working in this space and you have a reasonable understanding of what the risk is, uh, you can now become you can you can now invest in, and um, call yourself an accredited investor if you've got a, a reasonable enough understanding to understand the risk. So you don't actually have to have that dollar volume now. You just now have to to show that that you're knowledgeable in investing and in the market areas you're going to invest in. Um, yes, and and that you know that this is high risk money. So that's the magic about angel investing. This is this is super high risk money. the The hope is that the return is also high when you when you hit a winner. Um, but the, it's really the uh, the notion of the risk that is required. Um, to, to be able to be accredited. So this change in the rule of what is accredited, that's a giant change because A, you had to have the million dollars or B, the really solid six figure a year income. If we've lowered that down and now you just have to have the understanding of the risk and of business, what does that do to the field moving forward? Because this rule was just changed like in October, is that correct? That's correct. So the rule actually went into place on December the 8th. So it's, it's really new, like a, it's a week old. Uh, And we've been talking about this rule change for two decades, at least. So this rule was established, I think, in the 30s. uh, And it was it was put together to keep people from losing money they they couldn't afford to risk. So you think of a, you know, a little lady um, and somebody, you know, shyster comes to the door and talks her into doing something she really shouldn't do. Uh, You know, the rules were established for those kinds of protections. but the world's gotten far more complicated and our access to information and everything else has um, changed. And so finally, the rules are catching up. So I would imagine I, I, I didn't know about this rule change until I started sort of researching our conversation today. I imagine that the upswing of the number of people you might have getting involved with either your San Diego Angel Conference or these other angel groups that exist all over the country, I imagine those numbers of people will drastically go up in 2021. Do you think? I hope so. Jason, what do you think? Well, I think you have that expansion. And then also, I know we're talking about angel funding, but you also have the crowdfunding movement as well. And I'm speaking about that from the actual crowd fundraising. So, not the Kickstarters, which is also an interesting path of bringing in kind of early product money. But you now have companies being able to do similar types of things that you had on Kickstarter, but they're actually selling equity instead. So this is another group, and this is also something that's really kind of that early, I don't want to say Wild West stage, but it's still kind of learning who's going there, what's the appropriate type of um, company that can raise there. But it is, as you said, it's really having the opportunity to really explode 
access to private markets, which until recently was just for a select few. So let's talk about your organization. Uh, Misty, I know that you founded the organization. When did you found it? And Jason, when did you join? And give us a little bit of the history. Um, I came to San Diego in 2018. We opened the first program and uh, that I worked on there in, in 2018. We launched the first angel conference 2019. So we have two full cycles under our belt. We're halfway through our our third cycle. Um, and then Jason, you've been you've been in since the beginning. Yeah. So I kind of a, a funny story. I had uh, in 2018 was trying to figure out really where I wanted to be headed with my career. And I had talked about being an entrepreneur for the longest time. And that was kind of the path I was intent on going. And something that I did actually at that time was get a, a coach, which I actually recommend for everybody. And, you know, she said to me, okay, great. In five years, what is that, you know, what does that company look like? And like anybody who's been way too deep into strategy for all the number of years, I made a PowerPoint presentation. And there was a great moment as we're going through this. It was like, there's not a product anywhere in here. Um, but it looks like there's the beginning of an investment thesis. And that kind of had me starting to think about, you know, uh, this might be, I, I enjoy catalyzing innovation, but I've never been that the deep product guy. And, and especially in the life science arena, that usually involves a PhD, which I don't have. Um, and so I started kind of, this is the end of 2018, looking around for an opportunity to start investing. And the first couple of places I came upon it was really these $25,000, $50,000 per year, you know, check per company. I'm like, that's a bit much to try to get into this at the beginning point. But then I was, was joke with Misty. So then there was a small article in the San Diego Business Journal about, hey, there's this new thing called the San Diego Angel Conference. It's just starting up that you can actually do your first investment for uh, $6,000. Like, I can take that. And I always like to say, you know, I went to, I went to my wife and said, hey, we can treat this as an education expense. Uh, <laughs> we assume we're going to lose the money. And then uh, uh, she likes to throw that quote back into me as I've uh, it's. Uh, been a bit more than that now that we're uh, playing in this space, and it, it's now taken over. It's it's now taken over your lives. Um, so, are you guys focused solely on San Diego, the state of California? What's who, who are typically both the investors and the companies that you're working with? Actually, we our first year we were focused really on San Diego, and then um, in the second year, the investors came back and said, "We want to see the best companies, no matter where they're at." So we opened it up nationwide um, for uh, SDAC 2 and SDAC 3. And at this point, we can take both investors from anywhere in the United States and deals from anywhere in the United States. So we're still U.S.-based um, and we're looking at how we can even grow outside uh, outside our boundaries. But we've got more, a little bit more homework to do to figure figure that part out. So as I said in the introduction, uh, you know, many communities, especially in tech centers, like I live in Austin and many of these communities have these angel networks. What, what makes yours a little different than the standard sort of angel group? You know, I got to say, like I've done this a bunch of places. I'm, I've, I've helped com communities get these angel conferences off the ground. The thing that's really unique about San Diego is the community. So the way that the um, culture developed and, you know, I'll give a ton of credit to the the fund managers for Fund 1, Dr. Sylvia Ma, the fund manager for Fund 2, Benton Moore, and then our, our year three fund manager, Amy Duncan. Um, their, you know, their leadership and the culture that developed is this, you know, we've got a motto and the motto is get to yes. 
right? And if your motto is get to yes, then you stop grandstanding. You're not trying to find fault with things. Um, you're really putting all of your energy into you know, like, how do you identify the risk, figure out how to work around the risk um, and overcome the risk? And how do you become a good partner to a company? And I think that's, I mean, that's what's really, that's, that's part of what's really unique. The other piece is it's, you know, we call it a conference, like it's a, you know, thing you go to for a day, but really it's 35 events that happen over a period of six months. Uh, 15 of those events are for the entrepreneurs. You know, we do everything that we can to help them not, not just get a deck together and, and be able to make a, you know, a nice polished pitch, but really put the fundamentals together underneath so that they can survive a due diligence process and really be good candidates for funding. So we help the companies become investment worthy and then in the second cycle, we've got 20 events for investors where we help them dig into those deals. And we see more deals than any, any other conference that I know of anywhere. And we've seen, we're seeing um, around 100 deals a year, which is a lot. So take you know, 50 or 75 investors and use 100 deals as the training material. It's a, it's a lot to work through. Um, and so we've, we, you know, we figure out how to do that in a way that everybody gets to learn a lot. Um, it's a definitely Socratic, very learn by doing method. So in San Diego has, you know, a long history. I know, Jason, you worked in life sciences. I know in the, the sort of big bubble of, of technology, if you will, the life sciences piece in San Diego has always been strong, but there's also a lot of other sort of a history of, of growing startups and tech in San Diego around telecom and around some other areas. Uh, how have you seen sort of that history of the San Diego community really play into this angel world? I think what's really interesting about us is the fact that we are uh, industry agnostic. So we'll see life science companies. We'll see water companies. We'll see ag tech companies. We'll see fintech companies. And so one, you have a diverse set that you're able to kind of bring your knowledge base to. And then you have people like myself who are experts in one field. Uh, and then that same, the angel group itself also comes from a variety of different backgrounds. So we have the ability to ask the deep questions. We have the ability to really press these uh, individuals as for the novice questions. You can't explain to somebody who's outside the field, you're not gonna be able to explain uh, your company to somebody who's in the field. So I think that's been really interesting. It does create uh, some interesting tensions at time. Uh, I've had to educate on the life cycle of life science companies before. I will uh, never forget in that one of the first meetings, one of the other co-fund managers and somebody I, I respect a lot was like, I would never invest in something that's pre-FDA approval. And I had to step back and say, okay, you will never see a post-FDA approval angel deal. Right, yeah. Because what it, well, and, and that, and the, the I, know, I know from just my own business experience that pharma and life sciences, I mean, the the startup to that, the, the lifespan of it just to get to profitability is longer than a lot of industries. So again, that would be an education process for people in that world too, I would imagine. It is. But what's interesting then is you, a lot of people kind of come in with preconceived notions and the difference of, you know, when you're at a consumer tech and it's really about the, the valuations are driven on revenue versus the exits that occur mostly in life science happen way pre-revenue pre and much more driven by technical milestones instead. Fascinating. And another thing, how does, I know that San Diego has uh, sort of a great like 
proving ground and a great feeder ground in the fact that you have three, actually have more, but you have three major universities that are all located within about 10 miles of each other right there with UC San Diego, which is one of the top science schools in the country. You have USD, which is, you know, one of the great private institutions, a Jesuit college. And then you have San Diego State University, my alma mater, who is, you know, one of the largest universities. colleges you know in the country with a really strong business program and the combination of those three schools being so different so well established but also providing so many people into that community how did do you guys do you guys work with the universities how, how does that tie in yeah so at the end of the day you know we do engage the universities so jason where's your alma mater so i went to undergrad and grad at ucsd <laughs> and then I technically I work for University of San Diego. We see our role as, you know, we want to be the practical side of, of how things go to market. Right. So, like so between wanna, the three wanna... between the three of us, we have covered all three major universities that I named. That's yeah. right. <laughs> That's right. So we, we do work closely with the schools and actually we've formalized the partnership this year with UCSD, San Diego State and USD. Um, and we're we're doing extra work to engage students, engage researchers, um, and we see as many uh, faculty and staff projects come through for the Angel Conference as we do student-driven projects. So we don't see a lot of student-driven projects, um, but we have seen student teams make it to the finals. Uh, and so when I'm thinking of that, I always think of like, oh, scrappy undergrads in their dorm rooms, you know, doing the Michael Dell story. But um, what we've seen is it's the UCSD postdocs that mm-hmm. that come in and um, are able to to bring uh, a ton of scientific knowledge um, with them and have built the business acumen around it. So shout out to Rady School of <laughs> Business for for Jason's behalf. Awesome. Yeah, no, well, I, I spent five and a half years of my life in San Diego and, and people always ask me, how could you ever leave? And my answer was, first of all, if you go back to the 80s, it, it was not the dynamic business community that it is today. And second of all, sometimes you have to leave your own college town to go start over. And so uh, even though it was a great place to live, I, I needed to get out to uh, to find my own way in the world. But I, I have secret dreams of one day coming back to San Diego. So uh, although I love Austin, so, you know, what do you do? So. <laughs> I am actually enjoying this. I'm learning a lot. I have a couple more questions for you before I can let you go. But first, I have to thank the other sponsor of this episode. So this episode, like all of them from the beginning, is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly, they take the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. Podfly sets you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing They do all the heavy lifting and that pesky technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people who are making waves like Misty Rusk and Jason Scharf. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know that some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show because they give the listeners of this show a discount. All right. So, Jason, Misty, I used to call this show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What is the coolest thing you are doing with the San Diego Angel Conference right now? Ooh, that is a long list. Jason, do you have a favorite? I think it's what's going forward. I think we are in a tidal shift due to COVID and, you know, you call it the great accelerator. Just 
the stuff that we're going to see, I think, in SDAC 3, I think in SDAC 1 and 2, it was kind of funny. We did see the parallelism wasn't uh, meant, but we saw it, you know, reinvested in two ag tech, two life science, and two water companies. I think with remote work, education shifting the way it is, now with life science really kind of turning into an engineering platform, we're about to see a whole lot of new stuff because there are a bunch of people out there who said, you know what, during the past year, this was terrible and I can do something better. And I don't have the stat in front of me, but I know this year we've seen, I think, like a 13% increase in uh, companies starting up as compared to previous years. So people are actually out there saying, let's actually make some changes. So I think 2021 is going to be really exciting with the companies that come in uh, from there and going forward. And Misty, what's the coolest thing you think you're doing? You know, I, I, I love Jason's play on how we go forward. So we, um, we pivoted last year. Um, our, our conference was scheduled for March 28th, right? We're, we're less than two weeks <laughs> into a shutdown and the whole world stopped. And, uh, you know, that was the week South by Southwest canceled. It was the week that the stock market dropped by 30%. And we said, we're going forward. Like we can't, we can't slow down. And what we saw was, um, a, uh, the number of attendees for our conference, we moved it all to a virtual conference. And if you go and look at it, like it was amazing for what we understood how to do in March. Now it's not even really interesting, but it was amazing then. Um, but we saw twice as many people participate that day. We raised $100,000 that day in $5,000 increments. Um, and, you know, we saw this sort of uh, doubling down um, around you know, innovation investment. So San Diego, I think, is uniquely poised. The stuff that we're seeing happen in life sciences and biotech, especially as it relates to virology, amazing. Um, I, I think we're going to continue to see that in therapeutics, diagnostics, vaccinations, like all, all the way across the board. It's um, We're going to continue to see that blow up. The thing I'm really excited about, though, with the ANGEL conference is moving to a virtual conference last year gave us the ability to reach out to groups that we couldn't touch otherwise. All of a sudden we had a global conference, not, not a regional or a, you know, multi-state conference. Uh, we got to, we got to have um, families of people who sent their kids to the U S to go to school and who were competing in that finale, who got to, to watch their siblings for the first time ever uh, and get to see, you know, like what was the magic behind what they were doing. And we got to deploy whole classrooms so I'm, what I'm really hoping for SDAC 3 is that we really um, do something unique and different where we invite students, whole classrooms from um, K, K through 20 uh, to join us for the conference, participate alongside our investors and, and learn this stuff um, with us. And then uh, what we're committed to do on the backside is send our team back into those classrooms virtually um, to have conversations about what you saw, what you're excited about, you know, how do we get you started on your own entrepreneurial journey? Uh, and I think this could be a really cool turning um, turning stone for for angel conferences in general, and for us to be able to reach down and do way more interesting work. Uh, I mean, this is I'm I'm like shaking. I'm I'm excited by what opportunities you have with this. So, who makes the perfect type of company? to come forward and apply to be one of the companies who can present, you know, for you. So, so who's the ideal entrepreneur? 
we we're industry agnostic, like Jason mentioned. So um, we see people from every every kind of industry. Um, you know, our sweet spot is how do you find the entrepreneur or the founder who's got a decent team behind them, um, who has just the right amount of coachability and, and equal measure of stubbornness, right? That's a tough one to find. Uh, who's got a, um, a, a project that they've moved along and shown good progress on. So we don't, we don't care if they're in sales yet or not. So we've funded companies that are pre-revenue uh, in the past and we've funded companies that are more mature. Um, but who could make a good good use of both the network that we're going to bring, right? So, you know, we're not talking, I, I think we will tap out the number of investors we can have in our fund this year, which is a total of 99. Um, so, you know, and, uh, and probably a couple hundred more that don't officially participate, but that come alongside to watch and see what they think is interesting. Um, and, it, and, um, and so we want that entrepreneur to be able to take advantage of both the, the network and um, be able to make good use of a $200,000 investment. So that's, that's sort of sweet spot for us. Jason, what, what else, what am I missing? What would you add? I think it's really comes down to the power of narrative. I think that the founders or CEOs that come to us, again, this is back to us being industry agnostic. You have to be able to tell a story that brings in people from your industry and not but then be able to see that, that that narrative is going to pull and inspire your team. And then also is going to be able to be resonate with customers and be able to bring in and grow the company. So I think the people who can actually be those great storytellers, I think are key when coming into something like this, where people who are, you have both experienced and new angels and this real great big cross section, which is I think our value, but then it's, you don't have any one particular magic formula. So you brought up the fact about being coachable and earlier, Jason, you had mentioned in your own life what's hiring, you know, someone to help coach you as you, you switch to the next, the next path in your, in your life. I'm, I'm a big believer in that. I've, I've employed coaches. Uh, I coach people. One of the things that I've been asked to do several times, cause I've worked for 12 years as a professional speaker has been to coach teams who either have to do some sort of a roadshow or applying for angel funding just on their pure presentation skills. What are some of the things you see when it comes to being able to present where some of these founders really need help? You know, we see we see both introverts and extroverts in this process, and we see people who are incredibly charismatic, and then we see people who would be far more comfortable in a closet with a spreadsheet. <laughs> uh, and I think we see all kinds of people successful in this process, and it has to do with authenticity. Right. If you can pick up on someone's um, passion and why they're doing, you know, why this particular thing moved them to say, I'm going to spend every waking moment for a decade just living and breathing this thing. And I'm willing to put my, you know, my family, my home, my savings, my future on the line for it. Um, and, you know, it's um, that that kind of authenticity shows up in in lots of different ways. It's not just the, um, you know, super polished, very shiny speaker that, that makes it to the end. Actually, I don't think we've seen that yet. I don't think we have a super highly charismatic, polished speaker who ends up being uh, one of the companies that gets invested in. We may have one. <laughs> so let's talk about the investors really quick. So what are you looking for in those 99 investors? You know, uh, who, who is the ideal person to come and, and join, you know, the SDAC as an investor? 
That's a, a great question. To me, um, all of our investors are um, community-minded in some way. So that's a, that's a piece of it. That can show up in a lot, uh, a lot of different ways. Um, almost all of the investors that we're working with are self-made, right? They came to the, to the million-dollar mark um, by hard work and thriftiness. And so they have sort of, uh, I don't know if this is appropriate for podcasts, sort of bullshit meter. Um, they don't they don't, uh, they don't pull any punches and they can sort of see through, you know, facades. So, so there's, a, there's a little bit of that. And um, most, most everybody that I've sat down and talked to among our investor group can tell me a story about somebody specific in their life who made a difference at a critical time when they, you know, they, they needed, you know, good advice or a little bit of money or, you know, pointed in the right direction. Um, almost everybody has got some some story. So there's this uh, notion of age-wise, we're all over the place. So our youngest investor last year was 18. Um, and he was investing with his grandpa, who I think was his our oldest investor. But I don't think I don't think he'd appreciate if I said how old <laughs> I think his he age. is. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we see a huge spectrum, but um, hard to serve. Uh, and you know something bigger than yourself. I think I think that's part of how our particular angel investment group plays. Jason, would you would you say it's something different than that? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that we're looking for is that that culture fit within the angel group. So we definitely have gone, you know, as we said, like had great discussions and debates about things, but really being able to want to learn about new things, want to bring your expertise. And then again, it's back to that motto that we said at the beginning, it's the get to yes. So it's, we're not here to tear apart these companies. We're here to build them up. And ideally then we pick, you know, one, two, three uh, that we're gonna invest in any given cycle that we can really help uh, grow to be the next big thing. So I love the fact that it's all community based and yet anybody in the country can apply to either be an investor or to be one of, one of the companies. So that sort of excites me and I'm sure it excites some of the people who are listening to my podcast. So if somebody is listening to Making Waves at Sea Level and they either are like, I totally, especially under the new rules to be an accredited investor, I totally would like to be an investor or if they have a startup, they have an idea, they're moving forward with it and they're like, oh my God, angel funding is the next step. How do they get in touch with you and, and get more information? Um, yeah, so we've got a great website. So one of our fund managers actually uh, built the website for us to make sure it could do all of the things that we needed to. Uh, so if you go to www.thesdangels.com, so that's um, T-H-E-S-D, angels with an S.com. Uh, there's there's an apply and an invest page on the website that'll help people get right to more information and lots of FAQs and calendars and every other kind of thing. So if someone's listening and and they are on the company side and they're like they're all they're all a tingle at having spent a half hour listening to the three of us talk about angel funding. Um, what's your last words of advice for them? Thank you for being brave, and we're here to help. Jason? Just keep at it. 
Awesome. Well, thank you to both of you for being here on the show. And thank you to the San Diego Angel Conference for everything that you do for entrepreneurs at that really critical stage. I think what you're doing for the last couple of years is super important. And I look forward to see who grows out of your programs over the next decade and and who becomes that next brand name company that we all can't live without. And thank you to everybody who tuned in and listened. I hope you found some value in the show. We're trying to make some waves, make people think, expose you to new ideas. I think angel funding is something that for a lot of people, I've always wanted to learn more about it. And I found two people who could walk me through it right here. Uh, so if you need to know more, check them out at the SD Angels. Was it .org? Dot com. Dot com. And be sure you tune in to listen to the next episodes. We're here every Tuesday and Thursday. And oh my gosh, I say it every time. If it wasn't for the audience, why would I do the show? This is totally for you. So if you like this topic, if you have an idea for another topic, reach out and let me know. Most important thing I'm going to ask, yes, like every podcaster, and by the way, there's now over a million podcasts out there. Like every podcaster, I'm going to say, go to Apple Podcasts or wherever and subscribe. Yes, I want that. And while you're at it, leave those reviews. Makes me smile. But more important, go out and tell somebody about the podcast. I met someone last week. They're like, don't you host this show? And I said, well, yes, I do. How did you find the show? And they said, my friend told me I would really like it because of the topics that you talk about. So word of mouth, number one way people find my podcast. So go tell somebody right now. No, I'll wait. I meant right now. No, we got all day. I'm not even going to let Misty and Jason leave until you've done this. All right. Thank you very much. And we'll see you in a couple days. In the meantime, go out there, flex your entrepreneurial muscles, make sure that your ladder is against the correct wall. As you climb your career ladder, you don't want to get to the top and say, oops, I did this in the wrong place because I did that and it's no good. And then the other thing is while you're out there doing all these cool things, have some fun. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast. Without your listening to these in-depth conversations, there would be no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter and Instagram at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.